Hey, y'all. I'm Jen. I'm a daughter, a sister, an auntie, a niece, a cousin, and a friend. And I love pineapples on pizza, spending all day in Disneyland, shopping for bargains on Amazon, and all things literacy. I'm a Jesus girl. I love people, and I love hearing their stories. In fact, that's what I'm doing here, sharing stories powerful lessons to encourage us, empower us to keep moving forward, and to remind us that God has our back. I can't wait for you to hear these stories. Why don't you go ahead and join us for a story worth living? So from a child, I'd always heard these stories of triumph over challenge where the main characters were always so incredibly brave and they were so courageous. And right when it counted, without hesitation, they were able to gather themselves, you know, and do this huge thing that would bring them applause or standing ovation, you know, a circumstance where they were able to just overcome like a, a, a great obstacle. It was always them never me. You know, I wasn't really trying to live that kind of life. I was more comfortable with my safe existence. I was secure from liability and um, there was no risk of danger. Like one that I could control, an existence that I could control. Uh, You know, it was a reality that didn't require doing things that lured me outside of this box You know, I had been conditioned to believe that regular and ordinary and familiar, those were good enough. No need to rock the boat because the water was choppy and all, and nobody has time for that. Well, there's a security that you feel when everything's all sewn up and all possibilities are kept in check. You know, that's a space where fear has not only rung the doorbell, but has also moved in, gotten its key and is in the kitchen cooking dinner and flipping through its profile using your Netflix password. That's a space where fear lives. Fear maintains this list of reasons why you mustn't create that thing, why you shouldn't explore it, why you shouldn't build it, or even think about it. See, fear stays ready to remind you to stay inside of the box whenever the opportunity presents itself. Fear tries to block your view when you stare too long at something new. Fear will try to pickpocket your capacity to realize the push-through courage that God has planted inside of you. You know, fear was so familiar to me that I didn't even know it was, you know, that it had become a, a permanent resident in my life. As God would have it, I was reminded that fear no longer belonged in my house and that I needed to serve some eviction papers immediately. Well, I'm thinking back to an experience when I was in my 20s and I connected with some friends and we decided to attend this weekend experience at a facility in Southern Tennessee. Now, I call it a weekend experience because it was intentionally set up to challenge the minds and the hearts and the wills of those who chose to participate that weekend. 
And they did this through these physical obstacles and these other feats of strength and courage and determination. You know, I didn't really know what I had gotten myself into when I agreed to go. Someone told me about it. It sounded like fun. It sounded like a great weekend. And so I was, you know, what the heck? Let's do it. I was game. The day that we arrived at the facility, the individuals who ran the place welcomed our group uh, along with the other families and the groups, you know, from other uh, places who came to participate in the weekend's activities. You know, it, it was pretty cool, pretty diverse group. We were all probably wondering what everything was going to, you know, roll out to be. And I'm not sure if any of us knew what we were in for, especially when they told us that they were going to take our watches. Well, this was before the prevalence of cell phones. I mean, not before cell phones, but just, you know, how everybody has a cell phone now, like of all ages, you know, we had cell phones, but we also wore watches. I know. Hilarious. Anyway, um, that sounds a little weird. The fact that they were going to take our watches, right? Well, they explained that they were going to take our watches because they didn't want us to be focused on time. They wanted us to focus on the lessons that we would learn through the activities that we would participate in. So from Friday until Sunday, they kept our watches. And they said that they would keep us up on on the time and let us know everything that we needed to do. That we only needed to be fully engaged in the activities that they had planned for us. So we gave up our watches and I'm sure we're wondering what exactly have we gotten ourselves into? Well, that weekend I engaged in several firsts in what I call a lineup of personal risk-taking. That weekend I explored the source of fear that resided within me. One activity was a night hike with nothing but flashlights. Yeah, a night hike with mostly people that I've never met, led by leaders that I didn't know, out in the middle of nowhere. Well, you know I stayed close to my folks just in case anything popped off, right? Sounds like it's from a plot of a thriller or something. Anyway, we were challenged to use the light sources that we had to navigate the unfamiliar territory. Sometimes we are afraid to approach unfamiliar circumstances that leave us in the dark. What's our response in these times? Do we shrink back because it's unknown territory? Or do we choose to forge ahead, embracing the possibilities that may only appear as the light shines on them little by little, one by one, along the way, as you put one foot in front of the other and shine the light on each footstep. You know, sometimes we want all the information at once. But let's be honest here. If you had all of the information, would that actually motivate you to keep moving forward? Or would it actually discourage and deter you even further because it's suddenly overwhelming. Imagine seeing your entire journey from freshman to senior year in college at one time as you step foot, 
you know, on the, the college or the university campus and you have your first conversation with your advisor and, and they just happen to lay out your entire plan, you know, that could span four or five years. How would that make you feel? Would you, is that the way you would want to be introduced or would you be okay being introduced to just this semester? What do I need to accomplish this semester? Imagine seeing all of the classes, all of the assignments, all projects, all tests, and all of the challenging circumstances at one time. You know, I don't necessarily think that's a recipe for an enthusiastic plunge forward. No. It would be overwhelming. It would be daunting. It would be overpowering. It might even cause you to stop in your tracks and choose not to even go that route. But we're not introduced to college that way. In fact, we are introduced to it in a way where we're able to take it bit by bit, eating the elephant one spoonful at a time until the entire thing has been successfully devoured one way or another. Night hikes with nothing but flashlights taught me that seeming unacceptable circumstances can actually turn out to be much more achievable than you might think at first. We found that out as we chatted and chuckled our way through the dark path to our destination. Without major incident, and with only our flashlights and pure determination. Hmm. Well, another experience that sticks out in my mind from that weekend involved spelunking or what some might know as caving. So I eagerly looked forward to what I thought would be a cool walk through a cave. I mean, I'd been inside a commercial cave on several occasions, so this was probably going to be similar to those experience that, experiences that I'd already had. So I thought. Well, the leaders prepped us by telling us to choose some clothing and shoes that we wouldn't mind getting really messed up. And I actually ended up throwing away that entire outfit after we got finished with that experience. Well, you know, when they told us that, no problem. I got you. We showed up at the cave at the appointed time to receive our instructions and to get started. Well, one thing that they told us was that we needed to keep the person ahead and the person behind us in view at all times. The person ahead would provide assistance as we followed their lead. And the person behind us would benefit from our lead as such. Okay, cool so far. You know, that's easy. I can do that. They also told us that there was an alternative route for anyone who felt like they could not make, you know, it through the intended route. Okay, cool again. No biggie. No biggie. We can do this. This would be a piece of carrot cake. Let's go. So we started out. It was all gravy. There was an easy wide path that gave us lots of room to maneuver. We're chilling. We're talking, you know. We're doing our thing, but then, y'all, the path started to become narrow in places to the point where only one person could move through at a time. Like we were in like the single file line type formation just to get through. 
So the path becomes narrow and then these narrow, you know, pathways started leading to some really extremely difficult places um, where a bit of climbing and reaching and squeezing was required if you were going to even continue moving forward. And those spaces were really daunting. And I remember standing in front of this particular space that I had reached and I was thinking, what in the world? How am I going to even, I can't even, I can't fit through that. Like, how is this going to happen? You know, it was critical at this point to listen to the person in front of me who had just gone through the space that I was staring at so that I could make it through based on their instructions. Well, I also realized that it was critical at this point for me to get, as I maneuvered through this space, to get through it so that I could help the person behind me maneuver through this part. So I told you that I was, you know, that I had stopped short. I was staring at this little space trying to figure out how in the world I was going to just squeeze myself through there. And I started weighing the options that's, that stood before me at this point. I, I could go on, you know, I, I could try to squeeze through or I could just opt out of finishing this route period. I could just, I could, I could chuck it and I could make the request of the leadership to be led through uh, the alternate, less rigorous route. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, why would I put myself through this rough spot when I could just do something a whole lot easier, right? So I looked at what I had to do in order to get through this really tight spot, and I just wanted to quit. I want to say that the person in front of me who had already made it through this rough area encouraged me to keep moving forward. They encouraged me by helping me understand exactly how I needed to maneuver in order to get through that spot. And in that moment, I chose to to keep going. You know, not knowing what else was up ahead, not knowing what the the rest of the tight spots were going to look like, but I had that person, I had that um, individual in front of me who made it and who could give me the benefit of their experience by helping me also make it through. Well, that encouraged me to keep moving forward. And I chose not to give up in that moment. I was strengthened in my will and in my level of resilience for the next tight spot because I had chosen to push through this one. And eventually, because I listened to the person's experience in front of me and because I used my experience to help those behind me, eventually I burst forth through the end of this grueling maneuvering, super proud of myself for hanging in there. And I could join the rest of the group and we were all just ecstatic that we had overcome this particular challenge. Sometimes 
we are afraid that our efforts won't be good enough or that no matter how hard we try, we're just not going to make it. That's real. Remember that the leaders told us to keep the person in front of us and the person behind us in view? There was a reason for that. The person in front of me could testify to how they made it through the rough spots. That helped me gather my own courage to give it a try, knowing that somebody had actually succeeded. Once I'd braved the rough spot, I then could tell the person behind me of my experience giving them the opportunity to muster up their courage in order to give it a try. All of our experiences benefited all of us in squeezing through these tight spots. All of our experiences were not only for us to be able to make it through, but they were also for those coming behind us. You know, it's easy to look at the rough side of the mountain and the raging river and the harsh winds as opportunities to stop and to seek out a less rigorous route because, you know, I just don't know if I can make it through or how I will make it through. And all we have to do is look to someone else's experience, see that they made it through, know that it is possible. By the same token, when you've made it through, don't hesitate to turn to those coming behind you and to those traveling similar paths to let them know how you made it. Let them know that it is possible. That weekend, I was constantly approached with opportunities to participate in physical activities that looked scary and produced fear in my heart just by looking at and listening to what was required to complete each activity. I was forced to face my disdain of heights and uncomfortable situations multiple times. And each time I participated, I was able to discover a new layer of courage that shoved and squeezed its way past the surface, exposing me to the will to reach inside and exert the ability to succeed. I'd always had limits. You remember? I, I was the one who needed to stay comfortable and in control. I felt safer on the ground, but, but one of these activities that challenged these stances of mine and pushed me past my limits also proved to be my favorite experience from that weekend. I'll never forget it. It was early in the morning after breakfast and we were headed to our first activity. And so we approached this huge, complex, integrated wooden obstacle course with these safety lines you know, that's, that's the best way that I can describe it. This obstacle course, actually, when you started on the ground, you would work your way all the way to the top. And it ended with this amazing looking zip line ride. I had never zip lined. So I was excited about that experience, but I wasn't really excited about the obstacle course, because again, I don't really like heights and, you know, it was this whole, it was this whole thing. So our guides started to explain to us, uh, that in order to enjoy the zip line ride, which is, was at the end, we had to first brave the entire obstacle course. So the obstacle course started from the ground and it ended up about 
25 or 30 feet in the air. And that's where the zip line ride would, would, you know, start from. Well, um, we were told that we were, would be tethered at all times for safety. So just in case you slipped off the obstacle course, ugh, you would not fall to the ground. You would just kind of be suspended in air <laughs> and somehow you would be able to make it back. You would be able to make it back to, you know, your spot so that you could keep going. And, uh, yeah, I needless to say, I didn't, I didn't volunteer first. Uh, I, I let some other people go ahead of me, but I also didn't volunteer last cause I, you know, I wasn't going to be left, um, to, to do this thing on my own. And so I, I went somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in the middle-ish, I guess, cause I needed to give myself enough time to kind of, you know, stir up the nerve to, to get started. And I remember getting harnessed and starting the course and it wasn't bad. You know, it was just some climbing and some reaching and that kind of thing. I was kind of proud of myself, you know, and when I eventually reached the top, it was pretty high, you know, and I, I get to the platform and you had to kind of stand in line because, you know, when you zip line, there has to be enough time and space between each person who's participating and so I kind of had to wait. And so while I was waiting, the attendant was kind of explain, explaining to me how the zip line piece was going to take place. So, you know, she tells me, you know, when it's your turn, you know, you're, you're, I was still harnessed up and everything. She said, when it's your turn, you're just going to step off the platform, relax, and just enjoy the ride. And she added that once you step off the platform, you're going to feel yourself just free falling, but it will catch right before the ride starts. So I'm listening to her and in my head, it's like, okay, wait, what? Step at, I'm going to step off the platform and, and, and I'm going to feel like I'm, I'm free falling. Like why, <laughs> why am I doing this? And so as I was waiting you know, all of these thoughts were rushing through my head relative to how feasible <laughs> would it be for me to turn around and go back the way I had come. You know, I looked down on the ground and I was just thinking how lucky those people are who are still on the ground Oh, for that foundation to be under my feet. Instead, I'm up here getting ready to step off of a platform, free fall for a second before I can experience this ride. Like, what am I doing you know, uh, wait, I, I can turn around. Can I go back the way I came? But I turned around and, and there were people behind me who, who were waiting in line to take the zip, line ride, the zip line ride. So, you know, that wasn't an option. I thought about and I remembered how safe and secure I'd felt on the ground. And I wanted to be back there right that second. You know, but then I started thinking about the experience of the zipline ride that I'd never had. And I realized that there was no way that I could experience the zipline ride without first stepping off the platform and feeling like I was falling. Ugh. I mean, I realized that my desire to experience the ride was greater in that moment, then my fear. So I began to position myself to step off the platform 
when my turn came. I stepped off the platform. And let me tell you, it's not the free fall that I remember. It's the ride. That ride was everything. The climb up through the obstacle course was well worth it. The argument that I had in my head as to whether or not I should go around, you know, the, the people who were behind me to try to get back down or, or turn back. That was necessary because it helped me push past that fear so that I could enjoy that ride. That day, I learned something about myself. I was braver than I thought. I was capable of hard things. And the ride was worth the struggle that it took to get there. It was a life lesson that paved the way for the development of much needed perseverance for my life. And it was a life lesson that I am hard pressed to forget. Needless to say, that whole weekend with its many challenges is one that I'll never forget. It lives in my mind and it, it uh, takes up residence in my heart as a solid reminder of the strength and the courage that God put inside of me that I had not fully become acquainted with. I didn't know that I had it in me. And it often takes the more difficult experiences of life for us to recognize the durability and the tenacity and the boldness and the sheer nerve that resides within us. I learned something new about myself as a result of that weekend that pushed me to recognize that I was not built to break. I was not created to only survive my circumstances. Instead, I was definitely designed to thrive in my circumstances. And so are you. God was talking about you when in Joshua 1.9, he said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God has planted within you strength and courage that maybe you haven't become fully acquainted with. Maybe you don't really know that you have it in you. Well, you do. It often takes the dark places and the rough spots and the tight spaces of life to fully recognize the durability, the tenacity, the boldness, and the sheer nerve that resides there. You are designed to thrive. I'm so looking forward to sharing more stories with you to connect with you, challenge you, and energize you. Stories create environments where we can learn valuable insights from each other's experiences. They represent our collective pain, joy, fear, faith, best days and worst days. They unite us, teach us, challenge us, delight us, and enable us to convey messages of hope in a complicated world. There's something to learn from someone else's story. They are countless lessons of faith, hope, and love. So why not take some time to consider your own story, then join us again for another story worth living.